Welcome to the Foyne Jones Show Survival Special. In this mini-series of my podcast, I'll be talking to the industry's most charismatic leaders about the impact coronavirus has had on their daily trading. We will discuss their battle plans to fight back and share advice and guidance on how we can stay positive and optimistic in the most trying of times. Okay, so here we are. It's the next episode of the Foyne Jones Show. These are our survival specials, and I need a drum roll for this guest. He is an award-winning designer. He is a business owner, not just in KBB, but in restaurants and nightclubs. He's climbed mountains with Frank Bruno. I stood him up at the KBB show, and he'll never forgive me, but I know him as my friend, North of the Wall, Colin Wong. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. Afternoon, Mr. Jones. Good to see you. Great to link up with you, mate. And we were talking offline about, you know, how it's been. Um, I think to paint a picture of how it's affected people, I'm going to share the conversations we were having pre-lockdown. And we're talking only three or four days or the weekend before it happened. We were talking about the success of the KBB show, how well Callum did, young Callum did up there, sort of representing me when I stood you up, Um, the involvement of Claire. We were talking about Colin Wong Supper Clubs, I was coming to Edinburgh to meet you, you know, record a podcast at the showroom. You were off to Barcelona, and then two or three days later, the world stopped turning. How did that impact you personally, mate? I think, I think it took about um, two weeks for it to actually kick in because I, I work like a train. I'm just always used to working nine till ten at night, and suddenly, I mean, the world was like there. So it took me a while. It didn't hit home immediately. Um, I thought it was all a bit of a, um, I mean, a disaster movie that wasn't true. And I thought it was all going to be okay because I think in the UK can handle this. It's not an issue. Um, so to be honest, a bit of a shock to the system, but I'm quite, quite a positive kind of guy. I try to be positive and live, I mean, live through it. And then suddenly I realized it was a real deal. Um, when I realized it was a real deal, I really started to say, geez, I worried for all things, not just myself. I worried for staff. I worried for, I mean, family. I worried for the personal things. Um, I had a, a surreal moment. My mother had a stroke at the beginning of um, just the, the outbreak. And um, I got called to go to hospital. Oh, no. And I, I knew COVID was there. So she went to hospital and she obviously had a stroke. And I was fighting the doctors to say, how quick can you make her better? So therefore, I can take her out. Yeah. And they say, not bad. There was all surreal. The hospitals had no masks. It was all surreal. So that's the stage that I realized um, things came before business. So that kind of took over personal life before business. And, and, that, and that's when, you know, it, it became, I think, for people in our industry and pe- people in, in society in general, it was it was at a distance initially. You know, we, we knew it was there. We saw it. There was interviews on telly and there was people on cruise ships. But but we there was a... You know, it's not we're going we're going to be OK. And then you realize we're not going to be OK. And the, I went through that step phase where all of a sudden things had to change. Things had to change for my family's well-being, for my kids, for missus. You know, then for my staff, I had to I had to take make changes. And, and it was it was really tough at first. But we're now, you know, eight, nine weeks later, wherever we are. And we're still locked down. There's some restrictions being lifted. And I know. You know, there's slightly it's slightly different in Scotland to what it is here, but we're we're fighting the same battle. I think for me, getting back to some normal, what is normal, that's going to be a challenge, and that's something you've been thinking about a lot, Colin, isn't it? Um, well, what is the normal? You know, we live a life. It's a thing no one knows. 
we're in the KBB world. Now, I'm sitting here with lots of owners out there, sitting and designing kitchens, phoning clients, doing wish lists, doing all that. And it's all, it's part of my, my daily life. Um, I'm not saying, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm quite open to say, I don't think it was a totally enjoyable life. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, it was great, we're living life. Don't get me wrong, money was great. Uh, all this, I mean, uh, designing beautiful kitchens, but you've got to realize the KBB industry is without doubt a hard industry to work in. So when you wake up at nine and you sometimes finish at 10 and you, you're churning your head regarding designs, regarding clients who don't phone you back, whatever, that's a life that I don't think I could carry on from now to the rest of life saying, I started and finished on that single track. So what I've realized now, and if I've got to thank COVID for one thing, it's taken my life to say, I'm going to take a new direction. There's no way I'm going to go back to the same way uh, as norm. There is no norm. Norm has got to be enjoyable. And for me, enjoyment is all about balance of uh, work-life. So, but, but, you, know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned work-life, Colin, right? So, so everyone, you, you see, it, we've, I'm going pre-COVID, right? So I'm not talking now, I'm talking about work, you've got to get your work-life balance, this, that, whatever. So I, I talk about this a lot. I've got that spectacularly wrong and spectacularly right over the years. I've compromised my family for my business. I've compromised my business for my family. I've compromised everything to watch Fulham play away, you know. And, and then you, <laughs> and uh, that probably will continue if we ever go again, mate. <laughs> I've asked you another question about Fulham before we exit. I ask all the guests, but, but we, when we go back on, to, so so that work life balance is always there. But but KBB is relentless, isn't it? Because you're you're always chasing, you're always waiting, you're always executing, and it it, it never stops, does it? People don't really realise how hard it is because I design beautiful kitchens, fantastic, but there's all the mechanics behind it that add stress points. These stress points there. You know, people wouldn't see, I mean, I, I personally don't enjoy them, I don't relish them. I can't see a lot of bosses that they're relishing, chasing customers, having snacks, having suppliers let you down. These are the things in life why KBB industry deserves to be rewarded well, because we actually work on completely different levels of mental health to actually hard work. Um, I myself will readdress my balance. There's no way I'll go back to the same way. If a client doesn't want to go with me, they don't want to go with me. That, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to chase. I'm going to work it to what I want to now in the future. So do you, do you think that will be a better you, Colin? Do you think that will be a better you coming, coming at this? Or, or just we'll a different a, version, a reinvention? There'll never be a better me because I'm my own worst enemy because I set myself standards for there. I, I, I look at what I've done and I'm still not happy. And it's, it's a wee bit shallow, to be honest. And it's sometimes this lockdown has made you realise when is enough enough? Now, I don't know how many KBB owners are out there, but I myself um, have enjoyed certain parts of this uh, lockdown because of family, because of me time, mm. because of a real, real understanding that there's more to life. I've actually learned to ride a bike, discovered there was a, this beautiful Scottish countryside on my doorstep. I could have done that there. I'm seeing my house in daylight. I mean, I never saw that before. I Do you know what? I, I, well, I've moved out of London. I'm, I'm down in the Sussex Downs in a town called Lewis, right? So I am in the Downs. I, I'm, I'm right on them. I, I'm actually going, I'm walking. I was walking up, up the, across the Downs and, and I'm looking down at my house going, I've always wondered how I could get up there. It's about, it's like, it's a nature spot about 10, 15 minutes from my front door, but I've never been up there. I went up there the other weekend and guess who I bumped into at the top of the hill, Colin? Dougal Alexander oh, Fleming Mr. from Alistair Fleming with his family. I mean, how surreal is that? Dougal. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, but but it's but it is we are we are doing different things. I mean, when I was talking to Sophia from Bathroom Origins, who wants me to give you a big virtual kiss, by the way, because oh, was just she's there. Woman. Um, the industry needs more of Sophia. What a pocket of positivity that yeah, woman is, never mate. I never she, she made me laugh and cry in, in the podcast. You know, when she said, she said Peter, I have to wash my own hair. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like but. But you know, but talking to her, right, and you and you're talking about the the, the positivity that's out there and, and how you adjust as a person and, and you're trying to sort of get what's right and what's wrong. We we don't know where we're going with it all, Colin, do we? And you kind of have to just step back and go, Well, let's let's take each day, each hour, each moment as it comes. Has there been for you like crescendos where you're like, like you mentioned, yeah, wow, I've ridden a bike. Oh my god, I'm I'm having breakfast with my family all together because we've ate as a family. I mean, apparently I'm becoming Greek because we're doing it. You know, we've we've ate breakfast, lunch, dinner as a family more than we've done forever at the moment. So I think that me and a lot of people will take away from this is um, family time and the fact that we're spending time to cook. We're not reheating. I mean, the fact that I've been cook I've been cooking like a train. It's a highlight of my day. Uh, cooking. You love cooking as well, though, mate. Oh, I'm a massive cook, and my wine uh, consumption is skyrocketing. Now, I saw that. I saw your wine. I, well, you've probably re reordered since then, but I saw what I loved on when you put it. It was the pride that it arrived. It was like I've got it. Yeah, I mean, every week, I, I mean, I, I take a few hours out to search what wines I'm going to buy, and it's one of these things that has filled my day, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've realised a new real love. Before, I was a drinker, a real drinker, just. Just I, I would just drink the wine yeah. for drink. Now I'm realizing everything is out there, so I've enjoyed it. So it's added another layer uh, to it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know about myself. Uh, I, I was scared about retirement, saying, what am I going to do when I retire? Everyone's going to say, you'll never retire. But of course I'm going to retire. And I found out that I can retire. I mean, my garden is looking good. My house is very clean. Um, I, I'm cooking um, some amazing stuff and experimenting. I've got aspirations to be on a master chef. Who knows? So well, lots right, of I've, seen, I've seen video. I've seen footage of you, of you cooking at the KBB show, mate. You, you've got you've got the look. You've got the presence, and I reckon you've got the you've got the screen screen bank because you you've got to have the backstory behind it. Go for it, mate. A box to stand on behind the worktop, and then I think I'll be okay. Because, <laughs> um, these these British worktops are too high for TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. We get we give you the old steps that you get in the barbers, mate. On it, so that's the ledge. But we give you the steps that you get there. But but it's, I mean, how you know, you've spoken about yourself and uh, and, and you know the, the mental effect it's had, and and you know that's I, I, I'm a, it's so good for someone like yourself to share it because you inspire a lot of people. When I when I've said that you know you, you know you remember I stood up, Colin, and like okay, you know, I mean, do you know what? I was feeling sorry for myself that time. I thought I was unwell. I won't know well. I had the flu or a stomach upset. You know, I look at that now and I just think I actually believe by not going up there and missing commitments, my world was ending. But like, of course it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's allowed to not be somewhere or do it. And we do we do move into a different way, don't we? I think the level of priorities and what's important and how we focus so much on the critical elements of business. I've definitely been softened. Yeah. For me, they've softened. I can't say that for everyone. What I'm saying is there's a balance where if something in your business is making you unhappy, whether it's a client, whether it's a member of staff, whether it's, it could be anything, you, we're in the power to really remove that from our life. Yeah, the money yeah. element shouldn't be there to override 
that element of real happiness and real that's happiness. And that's that's relevant to your personal situation as oh, well. Definitely. You know, and it's it's even more powerful there because how many people? Do you, well, I, I I only business does this, but I talk to people that get up and they're not looking forward to their job. They come home, they're not looking forward to their job. That then goes into home, so they have problems with their family. And you can something's got to give. I know financially, it's it's very easy to say it, but you know. You've got to make those changes because otherwise you can have a lifetime of, of unfulfillment. Yeah, well, as you know, a lot of people say, oh, I found God and their life has changed. Way back, I found design. For me, I was a business KBB guy. I was doing property and everything there. And I was doing it for commercial reasons. It wasn't really enjoyable. Money was fantastic. And then I found design and I found something I happened to be not bad at and I really loved. Without design, there's no way I would have stayed in this industry. Do you think your love of cooking has played played like it's it's took you to that design element? Because because I speak to I speak to other business owners and and there is like the people that really really enjoy cooking the product where it's from how it they they, they seem much, they seem so much more creative and inspirational when they design and when they talk and I and I just believe it that must come from that passion. You know. It, it's the culture of your hands, the senses and everything. For me, design's the same. Design is not a flat screen or a flat bit of paper yeah. there. When I design, I'm not CAD literate. I'm very, one of the very few. So I design on a bit of scrap paper. I move Lego bricks around. I do all manner of stupid stuff, like old cardboard boxes in my office, and people think I'm mad. But for me, I've designed to uh, learn to design in a different way. Um, that whole idea of using your hands and moving stuff, is very same as cooking. I mean, uh, for me, cooking is a fantastic thing. It brings people together. It's a hub of the house. It relates to what industry I'm in, the kitchen. Uh, so for me, it, it all came together. It is part of the same thing. If I didn't have look forward to dinner at night and making something amazing, the making is just as enjoyable as the eating. Um, that would be a big shallow part of my, my, my day. But you talk about dinner at night. I, I was looking forward to coming along to Colin's Supper Club, mate. I was going to ever see it for you. Well, it, it, obviously... Discussions have already started regarding that pre-COVID. It was something great that I'd got together with um, my fantastic idea, and uh, it was going to travel UK, and um, we're going to invite people out in the industry, out with the industry, to sit whilst random different people cook to love food and chatted design, chatted politics, chatted football, and chatted nonsense. It was just unedited. It was just say, let's just do this. Of course, good food, good wine was behind it. A good banter, non-edited, just go for it. If it worked, it worked, it was good, but we've got a lot of backing, and um, I think it's something I'd like to pick up, and um, Frank Bruno's, uh, I mean, uh, all these people would be great to have around the table, chatting about life experiences and things, that, I mean, that have uh, set them on their, their route in life. My, uh, my, my completely relevant, and you know, it's but I'm gonna say anyway, my nan's sister, Viley, she was a dinner lady when Frank Frank went to school, mate, in West London. So, uh, I've got something to talk to him about. Do you know, he's about? fantastic man, no, he's an inspiration, yeah, and he's overcome his own battles as well. But yeah, we, we, we talked, we talked just before then about the your family, right? So, so, you know, how, how's it been for your family, Colin? Can you share any, any, any emotions there with us? I mean, we don't always want to sit here and say, feel sorry for myself, but I mean, I have a son who's autistic and um, I set him up in a uh, special home and he's got 24-7, two-on-one help. So he's got a team of maybe 12. Now, the problem I've got is I can't see him. I don't know 
if those staff are adhering to correct PPE standards yeah. and everything. So there's an in underlying worry daily saying what's happened because I'm a control freak. I want to go and see, do, and whatever. But I'm not really allowed to, by law, to go down and say, right, guys, use this hand sanitizer, wear that mask, don't do this, do this. So that's really raised my anxiety. As far as um, a family goes, I've got a strong family who individually work. My mother, obviously, again, had a stroke, so I can't visit her. So mm. she's not got a mobile phone, so I talk to her on the phone, and she's recuperating. And I think that that's, a, I mean, a good thing. But there's many people out there that are worse off than me. And I look at people who have, um, I mean, really lost people. Lost yeah. people, not just in life and death, but lost people mentally. And I, for me, that gives me a bit of strength to say, geez, these people really need help. Yeah, to get it is. I mean, you know, I had a bereavement a few weeks ago and um, it, was a, it was like an older brother. He was a, a guy, go, I've been home and away football. All, you know, it's, it's one, of the, one, of the, one of your own, you know, one of the boys. Yeah, but, yeah. It was, uh, but it was actually, it was actually unrelated to COVID. It was, it was, mm -hmm. but it was just, and then you kind of, you spin around from that. And, and I, you know, I'm blessed in a way that, you know, our, our, our immediate family are okay. But my, my wife's dad, he's like, um, well, he's like my dad, really. You know, I, I see him as a dad. He's, he's got Parkinson's, right? So he's he's very, very vulnerable. So he's in his flat in Fulham. Um, my mother-in-law, you know, Northern Irish lady, you know, amazing, amazing lady. Up until the end of this month, she's just, she's finally going to retire now. But she's been working at Charing Cross Hospital in Hammersmith on the switchboards, right? So on, on the switchboards, you know, the emergency calls and stuff. Really and she's been doing that at home for the last two months. Uh, or about about seven weeks of it, but she's now you know that that's that's it now. And and you look at you know the fact that my wife can't go and see her parents. You know we can't. Yeah, you know, that that's it's and they're a really close family unit. You know that's that that's so tough. But we will be able to, and they're still here. And when you see you see the real effect of it, and the, the sheer numbers of people that are losing their lives in the UK and across the world. Uh, other things don't matter. I, I was talking to someone this morning. They were saying, like, and it, naturally, it was football related, all right. So that they wanted to talk about Liverpool. I just said it's the question I was going to ask you. Are Fulham going to go up? That's the only question I'm going to ask everyone. But but um, then I just said, imagine this conversation. Excuse me, Mr. Klopp. You know, millions of people have lost their lives over the world. We're in a pandemic. No one can win the title this season. What's he going to say? Okay, that's no problem at all. There's no argument. It, I don't believe it can restart. What have you got a take on that? Um, the football's obviously come down. I'm a massive football fan. And Southampton, yeah. I'm a Southampton. I used to be a Southampton season ticket holder. I'm a Dundee United fan as well. But um, I've always um, I've always followed teams that have been the chasers, not the, the leaders, and that it's always been a great thing. But for me, the good thing about all this, your mother seeing parents waiting for the football season, being able to bet on a horse race again. These small things are things that are good. They're, they're points that we know are, are going to be coming to look forward to. Now, for me, we need to use that as a positive. It will come back. We will we'll appreciate it more. And we will cheer on our teams. And we will put a cheeky bet on the Grand National. And we will see our parents and all that. And that will all resume. So just like me, I had a mental, I mean, a mental thing that I used to do every year. I used to go and book my three holidays in advance. So therefore, I had a barometer. So knew when it came to me, I've got to go and sort of keep myself going mentally. Yeah, yeah. It didn't kill me that. So I had that point. So the same as this, we know that one day all these things will re resume, and some things will get back to what we call 
semi-normal. Um, but there's many positives to take out of it. I mean, things out there. I, I saw, I mean, ducklings walking with, the, I mean, the wee ducks walking down the street. I've seen the fact that the, the seas are cleaner. I see really things that we've got to learn from. The amount of people on bicycles and walking. I mean, UK is a natural beast country. I think that could change. I think, I, I think I, I'm, like, I'm like a stat you can't really judge on any of that, mate, because I'm probably exercising. I'm not doing a marathon training anymore, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely doing more consistent exercise. But I'm conscious. But I'm, but I'm, I'm even in that out with my, with my excessive eating and excessive drinking. So I think I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm even that, that way. But do you know what? It's getting, it's getting us through it, isn't it? And you're seeing people do new things. I mentioned this to to Sophia. I'm talking to my neighbours, right? I thought they hated me because we're, we're you can probably imagine we're not the quietest of families, okay? Yeah, so so you know it could be like a scene from EastEnders or it could be you know a beautiful moment. But so I'm thinking, oh, now we talk to each other, we you know we, we know each other. I spoke to yeah, and that that's that means a lot to me because it, it gives a bit of community. And the other other things that are happening out there, you think well, hopefully. We're going to see more examples of the good of humanity and not the bad of humanity. And there are people out there that are making such a difference above and beyond what I'm doing with volunteering yeah. and caring. And it, and it has brought a perspective in. So so I think from you know, one of the things I'll go back to, Connor, and I really, really liked it. When you're talking about, you know, softening some of the reasons and, and, and you know, removing things, that's 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 amazing because if. Things that really get to you, you don't let them get to you too much because you know you can solve the problem and soften it. I think mean, that's a lovely term, and and perhaps that's something that we can all all do in our personal and, and business life. I think, it's a, I think it's about bravery. You know, when you're young, your aim is to make money. It's quite an interesting thing. It's to the be all and end all. The money leads to you buying uh, material items and everything. But the interesting thing, once you've made money, other things take priority, and money means less. What I do hope that doesn't happen is people go back because they have to pay their bills. They don't go back in such a way that the work-life balance is totally thrown out the window. There's more to it. You can only eat so much. You can only spend so much. There's a lot of people out there saying, you must do that. When I look at these nurses, doctors, people who've had real bereavements because of COVID, then I look at the people pushing people to go back to, uh, to open your showrooms, open your showrooms. Well, there's a balance here. It's, of course they're going to open, but everyone's a different, in a different mental state, a different balance of work-life. We can't push everyone back if they're not ready to go back. Yeah. We can't encourage people who are mentally not go, to go back. It's, it's a personal down to a personal studio. We have to respect what the NHS and all the people who are affected. We can't just go back and be for selfish reasons. Don't get me wrong, I want to go back as much as anyone. But what I don't want to do is be so selfish and say, I'm going to go back just to make money. God, if I, if I look myself in the mirror and say, I'm going to go back just to make money, I may as well end now, to be honest. I don't want to be known in this industry if that was the case of just go back to make money. I want to go back to enjoy the industry. I want to go back to do nice design. I want to go back to have a good work-life balance. I don't want to be controlled by suppliers telling me, you must go back and hit this target. Those days are long gone, in my opinion. But, but, but hearing you say that, and it's coming from the heart, you know, this this isn't like this isn't scripted. We didn't have a script. This this is coming from the heart. This is this is raw emotion. And 
going back is not easy. When people have not been at work for so long, you get into a habit of not working and, and your mind switches down. So, you know, I, I've kept myself busy doing things that a business owner has to do and trying to, you know, launch different services. And I'm now doing career coaching. I'm, I'm offering, I'm, I'm helping other people with their podcasts. I'm doing some social media work, which I've always sort of wanted to do, Colin, but yeah. never had the time because I'm at it over here. Like, like you said, you was, yeah. um, but that pressure, that, you know, because I was, you have to come back, but I don't feel safe coming back. Well, you know, there, there's got to be a mediator there, and it, that's got to be softened because otherwise you, you're going to have conflict, loss of job, loss of mental wellness. And, and that's a challenge that I think perhaps if we if we talk about that more and give people the, you know, a, a focal point to, to, to consider and different arguments on it, we, we're never, I agree with you, we're never going to go back to how we was. So there will be a new normal, which I know is a trendy word to say. That new normal will be more kind. It will be more remote. It will use more technology. It will be more you know, creative working hours. Um, I've, I've seen the benefit of that from a for, owner of a recruitment company with, with the girls that work for me. They can go home and do their school runs because they'll they'll log back on for a video interview with you, Colin, at 7 o'clock well, in the evening. It's about um, the big word, trust. Yeah. There's no question that trusting every single member of your team um, it'd be fantastic to say, yeah, we trust, trust every single member of the team equally. It doesn't exist. People are delusional if they think that. Because individuals are individuals. So bosses and staff need to have a different working relationship where trust and reward is, a, is the norm. It's actually realised we're in, in this together. What you can't have is there'll be some people who take the proverbial, uh, I mean, and for me, these people maybe don't belong in our industry. There are other people that are going to respect it and say, hang on here. If he trusts me, I'm going to give him more back. That's so trust her, isn't it? You know, I worked for an amazing governor when I was, he gave me my first company car when I was just turning 19. Mate. I still call him boss. I haven't worked for him for 24 or five years, but he's still called him boss. He's, he's that much inspiration for me. And he's like, I'll give you the rope. Don't fucking hang yourself. You know, I will back you up. And there were times when I really needed help, like not business help. I mean, emotional help. And he helped me. And and, I, and, I, and even now, if he said, Jonesy, jump out that window, I, I promise you, Colin, I would do it. Because it, it, it's, it's like an, an, it's an undying bond. But trust is, you do, you do have to earn it. I've been stung. I've been over-trusting with people, and it's backfired on me big time. But it doesn't mean you can't try and trust again. Well, You've got to go again. Furlough is this new word that the British public learned. I mean, I, I thought it was something to do with farmers, but then I found out it was actually quite a serious uh, thing. Furloughing... In my opinion, people fall into two camps here. There's the furlough people, staff, who, great, I'm getting 80% and I'm doing sweet FA. It does my head in and they exist. Trust me, I know they exist. And then there's the people who get 80% saying, you know what, uh, I kind of want to get back to work out of there. Mm. Now, bosses are now can identify who are these people who are, are happy sitting on their backside getting paid 80%. And the ones that want to get back to work and, and, and build and enjoy good work boss relationships again and really get going again i mean you're in recruitment so you you can weed these people out you know they exist unfortunately 
But, but it's actually, it's it's so easy. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this from a position of like understanding. So I'm, 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 I've been doing this since 2003. So you, you yeah. yeah. And we deal with probably one of the most, well, the most complicated product by none. We deal with human beings, right? Yeah. Believe me, you know, what all it's done is it's put my expectation. People can't see this. I might, I might put this clip out. So my expectation of the human is down here, right? So I expect you to lie, not do what you say you're going to do, you know, let me down. But then all of a sudden you start building it up. And then and then someone's up here and you're going like, that person's amazing. Yeah. And I'm thinking they're amazing because of their human qualities, maybe their upbringing, maybe they're, they're just general manners or personality. If you've got those raw skills, you've got you've got something you can work with and you can push on. And and that's some I'm doing that in my, my webinars, redundancy stuff, and just, just trying to get people to realize the skills they've got and how they can reapply it themselves you know yeah some people are not on purpose down here what they've had is someone not uh, opening up all all the i mean the past in their life teaching them the, the better way i'm no mentor as far as there because i've done things fairly individually in an industry that said i'd love to share some of them because when i changed direction from being a money hungry purely let's sell kitchen sell kitchens to purely well let's enjoy the design process let's enjoy there I found a new route that was really enjoyable. Now, unfortunately, if I, I don't have any charts, I don't pay any commission, I don't do any of that nonsense. I have a team that really want to love to design and when they uh, present their kitchens, they love it. And what I want to do is encourage that and not encourage say, oh, you didn't make that target and you don't get paid that. That's nonsense, in my opinion. For me, that's self-defeatist because people are not doing their love for the enjoyment of pure design are really bonded. They're doing it just to get the basic sale. The basic sale is not to always enjoying. The money that that buys is short term. The enjoy of fantastic design and a great, a happy customer lasts far more than the money is spent. And that one of the things I mean, that's that kind of. I tell you, I, I'm going to get you. I'm going to have one of my webinars with people that want to be designers, right? And I'm going to get you to join in, and I want you to say that again because that's inspirational, right? So if you've got someone that wants to be a designer and they want to, you know, they want to get employed, you're going into the reason behind it, you know, and you're and you're really giving a different slant on it because lots of their experience. I'm not saying this is wrong because it's a multi-million pound industry, but lots of their experience will be KPI target led, highs, lows, and the emotional roller coaster that goes with it. You're coming at it a different angle. And I think that angle you're coming at it, it in a way, it reminds me of how we we, we do recruitment. Because I sat down with the, our, our non-exec a few years ago. And he said, Peter, he said, it's amazing. He said, if I lined up eight or nine recruitment companies, same size, same turnover, same sort of profit, you know, different sectors. He said, eight or eight, seven or eight out of ten will be doing it more or less the same way. He goes, you're doing everything in your own way. You don't do anything scientifically, but your your relationships are stronger than any anyone I've seen in the industry. So well, that, that's that's powerful, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, when I speak for the industry, a lot of people ask me, I mean, what are my secrets? There's no secret. There's not, I don't exactly live a perfect life. What I do say is when a customer walks into my showroom, they've gone to other showrooms as well. And my designers asked me, how to design this? I said, well, think about what other, every other kitchen studio is going to design for them and what they're going to give them. And give them the, the polar opposite. Because yeah. they don't want to see, I mean, the same, same thing. They want to see individuality. Is a client individual? Do they see themselves as an individual? Even a boring accountant isn't an individual person, wants to feel he's an individual. 
So what you need to do is look at what the norm do and do the polar opposite. I mean, I design, I do that in design. I do that in my life. I do things very differently. My staff think I'm a wee bit, not a wee bit crazy. They think I, I suffer from something because I'm a bit eccentric. But for me, if I go away and punch a punch bag and then grab a post-it note and I've got a design, why not? What I'm trying to say is nobody ever wants to go to a showroom, I mean, to be met by normality. Nobody wants to go to a showroom to be met by someone not inspirational. Nobody wants to go to a showroom that is full of salesmen dressed in pinstripe suits driving a three series BMW. Our industry needs to readdress the balance and become the artisans, the individual amazing people that we really are. There's lots of us. The bosses need to let these people flourish and say, hang on here, and more beautiful designs, handheld all the way, instead of the norm just to get the sale. I think, I, think that, I think that comment you make on it about, you know, that, that borderline eccentric madness genius, you know, on that on that cast, I think that's why we get on, because it's, uh, you know, there, there, there are certain personalities you gel with, and, and just hearing how you're coming across, I'm, the, the world is full, and I say this often, the world's full of lots of forgettable people, those pinstripe suits that walk by you, you know, you know get a tube, they're all on it, do you know what I mean? And, then, then someone does something or they've got something about them that, that makes them stand out. And, and they're the ones that, that I always want to work with and, and I always want to be around. And when I, when I work with schools and colleges and, and offenders, it's, the, it's not always the, the best in class or the most academic or the loudest. There's, there's something you notice in certain people that you, you think, wow, there's some quality there. And I wanted to mention that because you're very passionate about the stars of the future and the next generation, aren't you, Colin? So I wanted to yeah. talk about that in the podcast. Okay, without the future, I mean, I'm nearly, I'm 48 now, and there's a lot of us in the industry that are in between my age and maybe a retirement age. We're not here forever. The new generation can come in as money-hungry salesmen, and we go down the road, we're fighting the sheds, we're doing X, Y, and Z, whatever, and their work-life balance and the whole industry goes down a certain way. Or we can readdress the balance and become more artisan, like the Italians, like the Scandinavians, some, some of the Spanish, where we look to become individuals. And what you'll get is the kitchen and bathroom industry becoming like an artisan business and respected. Architects will respect us, interior designers respect us, and the public will respect us. Just now there's this balance of, if someone says to me, oh, do you sell kitchens? I says, well, not, not really, I'm no kitchen salesman. And you ask anyone out there, are you kitchen salesman? That's a total slander on there. No one wants to feel it. So if you don't want to feel it, don't act like it. Mm. The young generation, don't join Buckingham School, I mean, uh, for kitchen design to become salesmen. They come to really be inspired and learn to be great designers and be on the worldwide stage. When I design for Hong Kong and, and some abroad stuff, they hire me because they said, Colin, our designs are designed like this. Bring something different into there. Now, I don't care if I get paid one pence or a million pence. I'm going to do it my way and be different. And I want young designers to say, that's the road to go down, to be honest. Yeah. because these ones are the future and that's a cliche the future and all that what i'm trying to say is when they design this way money actually comes with it yeah. it comes naturally it's a natural byproduct of great design selling a box and not caring isn't you don't get anything out of it you don't sit home with the family saying oh i feel great uh, there it, it, it fades when i see my stuff on the screen or see my stuff in the clients that gives me a, a, a self-esteem that money doesn't even come into so designers, young designers must really follow that road, in my opinion, not the ones that 
based on spreadsheets and a tyrant or boss saying, you've not hit this percentage, what's happening? Mm. I mean, that, that, that's a waste of time in my opinion. And, and it's also one of the things that I, I struggle with a lot is giving, giving talented individuals at any age, you know, it can be mature, you know, but give them a chance to succeed. You know, people make, make people people get put into positions. They don't get trained. They don't get support. They don't get coached, and they get told they're failing, and they get exited from the company. We've, so we've got a that pathway's got to be better. There's got to be an academy. There's got to be a training ground. There's got to be a getting people up to a level, right? There's got to be that. Then what's it coming with the right employers? A pathway. I mean, the Bucks thing's an interesting thing because they've had struggle with funding. They've had struggle with numbers and all this. Because to be, become a kitchen designer is bordering on some people selling windows. And, and you know that, that perception, though, that, that I, 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 this is something I joke about all the time, but I actually mean it. I have a pathological hatred of recruitment consultants. I do not like them at all. And then people go, that's how I open my phone. So, but, you know, it won't be like that with me. You won't hear someone... You know, you will enjoy every conversation you have with my business. We will, we will get to know you. We will have fun. We will really work for you, and and that's where you have to have a different approach. But you've got, you've got to believe that. And I learned, and I think it's the softening process. I learned after the first, well, the only recession I've ever been in, when I nearly lost a lot, Colin. I mean, I nearly lost everything. I thought I was this young white boy that everything was great. House got bigger, cars got bigger. I buy one in my bear. Everyone does it. So, boom, boom, boom. so when Tapsall went off and all these large PLCs that we were their favourite partner stopped dealing with us, I was horribly exposed. So I learned through loss and pain and, you know, real, 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 real scare. It was, it was terrifying. I learned through that process that I'll never be that exposed again. And to change that, I had to let some of those customers go, let some of those relationships go. And, and I won't say pick new customers but but i was much more selective about what we put our time into and that's made that's made a difference to me it really has and it's made a difference to anyone that comes around us i have a pet hate i know you have listeners that are kbe people you've got suppliers and all that there um this is my number one pet hate my number one pet hate is the people who i am dealing with the agents the sales guys the reps they're coming into my showroom they're my partners and i i respect them they're good people don't tell me what my targets are, what I've hit or not hit. I mean, I know you've got your target. Don't tell me. My guys are doing the best they can, designing and there. If they've not hit a target, so be it. Don't even open that page and put it in front of me. I don't want to hear it. If you want to work with me, you work with me. I will work with you. I'll pay your bills and everything. My staff don't work on targets of saying, you've not hit a quarter of a million pounds. You've not hit that rebate. I said, you know what I mean, so what? What the hell? I mean, life goes on. I don't really care. I mean, it's the bottom line of why the industry is saying, hit this target, hit this target, hit this target. That's where the design process is totally watered down and petered down because people, are, bosses are saying, we need to hit this target to get that rebate. We need to do that. So that this time and consideration to design is therefore put under pressure. When it's being put under pressure, you can turn out with rubbish. And if you and if you, you rubbish, if, if, you, if you reversed your pet hate and that started being eroded, you're actually going to be in danger of making the step changes towards the the the, the design artisan led culture that, that that you're passionate about and that yeah. you had success from. Well, without a doubt, I mean, I know. I mean, we're sitting here. So in, 
X amount of years, I'm not in the industry, and a lot of people my age won't be in the industry, and these young people will have to choose the route the, the businesses go in. Now, now is COVID is a fantastic thing. It's letting them choose how they want their business to be. They want to do beautiful projects. I mean, they want to I mean, deal with great clients who respect I mean, what they put down on a computer or on a bit of paper. That's the route to go to. I mean, they'll get the sale that way. They won't get the sale by a boss saying, you must hit that target. So for me, that needs to, for me, it will still exist in some business. I'm not saying it's not going to exist. I don't want to be part of my business. I may be alone in that, but there may be other kitchen studios that say, actually, I agree. I hate the salesman coming down. I don't know. It's just me. Um, let's, but- let's, draw, let's draw on that, Colin. Right? So let's draw on it because I like to get my guests to give some advice or give some words of wisdom, okay? So, so picking on that one of those aspects there, Forget the suppliers, manufacturers. Forget that. I'm talking about the the really important people that I want to will help at the moment. It's the it's a a designer looking to get back into employment. They're looking to find a company, an opportunity. They're during lockdown, so that they've got time. You know, they're you know they're there. What what would you say to them? It, they they could or they should be doing to to get themselves you know mentally in the right place but then you know getting their getting their talents recognized what would you say to them give me some colin wong when you're doing i mean you get doing your cv a cv on words is and uh fairly i mean the words don't matter as much as with the capability of design um for me they've got to show how good a designer you can see passion on the page it doesn't need to be refined with them you can see the passion page and create a really great small portfolio and then, and what you then do, you then take it, you look at the industry and who are design-based studios. Unfortunately, I, I, I hate to say this, there are more sales-based than there are design-based. There's some great design-based studios, though, when you go out to, your, I mean, your, I mean, um, one's day trues and all that. These design. I would then send my portfolio to these ones who really respect design, really put design above everything else. They're, they're, they're dotted around the UK. They're, I mean, and a lot of them say they are, but they're not real. But they're dotted around the UK. Send your CV to them. And the bosses, when they look at these things, will prick their ears up and say, wow, look at this. And if you get traction in there, you know you're going down the right road. Nobody wants to see a CV full of L-shaped kitchens and Bobby Basic Islands. I mean, I, I don't, I, if someone sends me that, I'm, I don't, I'm not really interested. I want to see some, you've got an open you've got, book. You've got, well, if, if you walk into a room, you've got about 15 to 20 seconds to capture someone's attention. But totally. if, you, if, you're, if you are arriving electronically or whatever, you've got even less. So, so you've got to have, you've got to, what, what, what I, the advice I always give is you need to think of everything personally. What is that person want? From point of view, the bottom line, if a designer walks into me and tells me, I will not finish my design until I totally love it and I'll leave here at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. until it's there. That person is hired. It's the designers that want to look at it's five o'clock, I'm off. I don't care if it's there because the best design comes after hours and the best design comes when you're on your own and you want to make it happen. So it's the people who love design, architects, interior designers, kitchen designers, how much amazing work is done after hours or they want to oh, I can I can see you, Colin. I can see you after hours, right? Hitting your punch bag, yeah, then getting getting your Lego and your and your cardboard boxes around and then going bang, Eureka, I've got it. Do you know what I mean? I've got I've got I mean a putting green, I've got a punch bag, I've got my Lego, um, I've got my random posting of my scrap paper, my desk's a mess. Um I I get slated ongoing for not knowing how to work the computer, which is fine. 
But I think that there's something to be said by amazing, when the hub of the office is going around you, I bet you a lot of designers don't design at their best. When they're on their own and they're doing their own thing, I bet you the best designs come out. So it's telling a boss, I'm willing to put my heart into this and I've got talent. For me, they're the ones that... So, so let's, let's, let's bring that to them. We're just going to summarise that. So so your advice would be to be creative about your CV and your portfolio and how you're going to make the introduction, to look in the market, the industry, find the businesses that represent where you want to be. And when you make your introduction, could be for a video introduction from a company like me, it could be you could do something really creative, like send someone a cereal box or a mini. You can do all sorts of things to get noticed. That that's That's your bag and you do it. But make sure there's an element of that that says to someone you're passionate and you're going to make the money because you give a shit and you care. And that's totally. that's coming through, mate. So so that in itself is a lesson for every listener because you're talking from the heart. Colin, one more thing. So I want I want to, I want to just go back to the personal side. Yeah. What's my what What are you doing? Because you mentioned you know you don't live a perfect lifestyle. Who 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 does? You know who does live a per perfect lifestyle, right? But right now, we've got all these challenges and people say it's discipline, it's routine. I have no discipline. Well, I work really hard, but I do it when I want to do it and how I want to do it. I have some form of routine, but I'm better being creative in my own bursts. But I do know I need to exercise and I need to actually, I've learned this even more now, Colin. I turn my phone off and like power down and I leave it. I've even left it for like a whole weekend. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's it's, it's, it's impossible. I used to ruin family holidays. I'd be like, I'm just going to get the drinks. I'll be on the phone. You know, that's you know, not to do that. The work-life balance. Um, so, so, what advice would you give to someone struggling? Well, go back to this phone thing. My advice to people: if you've already done an amazing design, you know the price is. I mean, it's fair. Your customer service will be fine. Don't worry. Turn off your phone because that person will still be in the background. So don't worry about losing the sale. I mean, if it wasn't your customer in the first place, it's not your customer, in my opinion. You know who your customers are. The work-life balance is all about, uh, I mean, everyone, has, uh, whether it's different, whether it's cooking, health, fitness, do mad stuff. I mean, I've done some mad, mad stuff. I mean, uh, that, uh, I let her make a candle, and then I got annoyed because I was paying so much for candles, and I realized uh, there, and I was like, yeah. Then I got annoyed at myself because it took so long to make the candle. So my head, my mind was playing tricks on myself. I would have turned the light switch on, mate. But again, it's a, it's a, it's thinking <laughs> outside the box and doing it uh, different ways. You, you know, it's um, we cannot ignore mental health. No. We cannot ignore that everybody is not the same. Colin, Business you know, you know what, I, I know what you've done for charity. I, I've yeah. I've worked for with Carb campaign against living miserably yeah. for a long time. We've walked hundreds of miles, and some of the the, the stories I got told, the experience I had, the friends I made, and the the, the, the emotion that was shared to me. Um, and it comes from a, it comes from a really sad place where I got involved. But then you can you can make a difference if people do focus on that because it, it becomes consuming. And I, I've seen the effects that way. I've seen the effects that way. So you're proud about it. And you and you what you do what you do, which is beautiful in a way, is you bring it naturally into your conversation. It's it's not a trendy word or I have to do something corporate social responsibility. It's like no, it, it's it's part of who I am. I, you know what, I think um, one day um, I looked in the mirror um, and I felt a little bit shallow. Um, and it's like, okay, you win awards, whatever. I mean, it was great at the time, but you feel a bit shallow. So 
when the edge comes off winning awards or getting a sale or whatever like that, but you're still winning awards or getting sales there, you have to search for something else. Now, this thing fell upon me by a customer who was extremely wealthy and disappeared out of my life and stopped buying kitchens for 24 months. This person landed on my doorstep and I said, Ian, I thought you'd go into another supply. He says, no, 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 no. I had to get out and discover the world. I went to Cambodia and Vietnam. I uh, hired a, a, a moped and I drove through it and I ended up building a wee village and doing water wells. And it's the best thing I could ever do. Something hit home with me and I thought, I could do that. And I did it for selfish reasons at the beginning. I'm not gonna say I'm, uh, I mean, Billy, I mean, uh, uh, Billy, uh, I mean, a good boy here saying I, I do everything right. No, I did it for selfish reasons. I thought if I do good, it's gonna bring great PR to me and I become an ethical company. So at the beginning, I, I, I thought that, that. Then I went to actually do it. And then it became real. I said, bugger this, it's not about, I don't care about the business. I stopped promoting it and all that. Because what it gives you is that feeling like when you won your first award, like when you get recognized in your industry, it brought something else to say, geez, this brings much more to my life. Mm -hmm. And this thing is not here, this thing's here. And I just felt good. So that helped me with my own mental health. And as I've gone, done the orphanages and done the charity stuff there, um, it's been good for myself. It's been good for other people. Can I have a one gripe here about the, um, what's happened in UK politics? I decided to donate one shipping container or PPE to care homes. I offered it and I sent the mailer out to uh, um, the main care homes. One PPE was worth a lot of money as PPE, all C certified. Out of 10 emails I sent to these care homes for free PPE, two responded. Two responded. Okay. They didn't respond. This was for tens of thousands of pounds of PPE. So there's a massive glitch in the system where it's NHS or care homes that they're not even responding. I'm giving them something for free mm. because I just wanted to. I thought it was a good thing to do. I had contests and I did. So therefore, there's something in the British red tape that needs to stop. The red tape out there is stopping these things going to the people or they're just not, they didn't even respond. Imagine someone saying, Peter Jones, can I give you 50 grand? And you didn't respond to the email. I'll get them emails, mate, but I think it's a geezer. I think it's a geezer in Africa. Do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I, could, I should listen, but what you're saying there, when you are doing good and you want to get straight, because you, you're going straight, you want to go straight to source. You, here it is, you have it. If totally. you're going through layers of bureaucracy and red tape and it's slowing it down, <laughs> the reality is people are getting infected before it's even got there. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, we are famous for our red tape, our health and safety, our red tape. This was the time that red tape goes to the window. Every kitchen showroom, every construction site, every care home, they all need their PPE. They need their masks, they need their hand yeah. sanitizer, and all these things. God, but, Colin, mate, I, I agree. Mate. Not, not the rules can't apply. It's not business as usual. Colin, no. we could be talking till Tuesday, and it's Friday afternoon, mate. It has been an absolute pleasure to get you on the show. I want you to promise me something. Well, I, I don't care. I'm going to turn up in Edinburgh anyway, all right? But when we get back to any degree of normality, I'm coming up with Callum, with a camera, and we're going to do a Colin Wong, Peter Jones, unedited, live and uncut type show, mate. How about that? As long as we have the beat machine, we'll be fine. We'll do it, mate. We'll do break dancing, kick-ups, the whole lot, mate. How's that? Colin, oh. thank you so much, mate. It's been a brilliant, brilliant episode. You've spoken from the heart. You share personal stories, top man.
KBB industry guys, stay safe. You're all individuals. You don't need to follow the crowd. Do what's right for you. Do what's right for your own personal things. I don't want to preach to everyone and say, do it this way, do it that way. But what I'd say is, do you what's right? You want to go back to work, go back to work. You don't think it's right, don't go back. All I say is, you're individual, lead yourself. Don't be led by others. They're the words of Colin Wong. This is the Foy Jones Show. They're still the survival specials, Colin. They might not be forever, but they are at the moment. Stay safe, keep healthy, and be positive. So that's the end of the show. We're Foyne Jones. Stay safe, keep healthy, be positive, because together we will get through this.